there's something in me that desire to have a comfortable life simply because I have fear. I think many of you can relate to this. So our whole lives, we build our life based on fear. And then we try to accumulate something. We, we, we teach our children to go to school. Son, you go to school, you make good grades. Because with good grades, you're going to go to college. When you go to college, you get a degree. With a degree, you're going to get a good job. With a good job, you're going to have a career. With a career, you're going to have a lot of money. With a lot of money, you're going to be happy. Right? So we're building our life only for us to avoid this thing that we call crisis. The man we've been listening to is Ramon. Ramon Tencano. My wife and I were just regular people. We're nobody special. You don't need to be qualified. I'm, I'm nowhere near qualified. If anything, God had to dig deep to find somebody like me to work for him. Ramon says that there's nothing special about him or his wife, and I appreciate that humble spirit, but it is certainly evident that God is doing a special work in their lives and through their ministry. Recently, I've taken a fresh look at the parable of the buried treasure and the pearl of great price. When the person found the treasure in the field, he buried it and he went and sold everything he had so that he could buy that field and have that treasure. When the merchant found the pearl of great price, he sold everything he had so that he could have the pearl. Ramon and Shandi's story is an excellent illustration of this parable. They remind us of how valuable it is to live with Jesus and how no other thing of value can compare. What you'll hear in this episode is Ramon sharing his testimony of how he found the buried treasure. And I'm just going to let the audio from his presentation play with no interruptions from me. It is rich and you will be blessed. My wife and I are clearly the people that are actually familiar with this, this fear. Right? We're just materialistic being. My dad would tell me, okay, you go, to, you go make your money, you go establish your business, but son, don't forget Jesus is coming. Right? There's these two things, you know, contending in my life, my thoughts growing up. I would ask my dad, Dad, isn't the Bible telling us something completely different here? Are we supposed to be living in faith, not in fear? Are we supposed to be like missionary as a lunch forward to do something to experiment with the Lord in order for not to have this fear anymore? My dad would say, well, like, yeah, son, but, you know, let's stick with the reality here. It's okay, you go, to, you go do your church thing, but don't forget, you make your money. So my whole life, um, I grew up a Seventh-day Adventist that is lukewarm. And uh, I decided to, um, from lukewarm, that is a liberal lukewarm, that's funny. Yeah? <laughs> from liberal lukewarm, I decided to become like conservative lukewarm. I like that, I like that. <laughs> Why so? In 2008, in 2008, uh, in 2008, I, <clears throat> life was good. I was 34 in 2008. Life was so good. Financially, I was at the peak of my, uh, my financial uh, uh, condition because uh, I had established good businesses. You know, I, and it's all legitimate businesses. Well, at least most. 
and uh, I'm not proud to 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 to, to st uh, on the way how, how I achieved the, the, the businesses, because uh, since I was 27, I was working regular jobs. 26, I was working regular jobs, and I decided, look, this is not going to get me anywhere. I'm not. I'm never going to be rich doing this work that I'm doing. I decided to venture out to do something else, uh, else of my own, and then I met up with uh, certain people that uh, actually was in good position to to. Uh, to allow me to experience to get money. They, they work in uh, government positions, political parties, and we set up companies together, and then with these companies, we go chase government contract jobs, government concessions, uh, long-term, you know, they call it build, operate, transfer. And then we get these companies uh, uh, contracted by the government, and we started selling these companies to private investors, foreign investors, and then I made a lot of money. Cut the long story short, when I was 28, I became officially, I don't like the word, but millionaire. I had houses paid for, cars parked in the garage, I had boats, I had toys, I had motorcycles, I had, I had so much fun. And then I look at the bank, and I'm like, wow, I got more than $6 million in my bank. Life was good. But I think I'm not cut out to become a rich person, simply because I, was, I grew up a Seventh-day Adventist. I know something is actually dying in me to explore something that is completely different than I'm familiar with. I was saying to the Lord, Lord, my parents taught me, you know, if you make more money, you'll be the happier you become. I'm not happy. At the time I was already married, my wife, she, was, uh, she wasn't like this before. <laughs> she was a really worldly woman. But together, we, were just, we, we love to make money. We love the position that the money placed us, right? Um, and then I, I, I started to realize I'm, I'm, I'm dying inside. I wanted something different. 2008, I went back to my uh, house, and then I, just a few weeks, or no, a few days after my birthday, uh, in the month of July, I, I, I prayed to the Lord, Lord, something is missing in my life. I don't know what it is, Lord. But take me, take my hand, take me to the places that I've never been before for me to get to know who you are. Mm. You know, why am I feeling like that? Because everything is so good, you know, bought me a nice $240,000 car. <laughs> I, I know I remember I paid cash for that car. That was the car number 15 in the garage. I thought I was going to be happy having that car, you know. I got a car that nobody's got here. You know, I can just look at somebody and then expecting people to respect me because I had the things that they don't have. You know, what's, what's so good about having a nice car? Is it the suspension of the engine? No. It's the pride that comes with it. It's so nice when you get out of the car, they see who is inside the car. I'm like, ooh, that gave me so much joy, you know? You pull into the driveway in the church, and all the people are respecting the church. You got a nice car, right? I felt like, Lord, this is, what, this is what I wanted to be, but this is not fulfilling in my life. And then when I was driving that car, the joy that he gave me lasted only three days, maybe. Just like the rest of the cars that was parked in the garage. And then I was crying in the middle of the intersection. I was like, Lord, I want something different. There's no more joy in buying all these things. And then I realized the only joy that can be filled is only by coming to you. I realized the story about uh, Matthew 19, the rich young ruler, you know, that was ringing in my ear. I'm like, Lord, I don't want to be that guy. I, don't, I, don't, I want to give, give the different answer that that rich young ruler gave 
Jesus. And then I um, show you some pictures. All right. Oh, this is this is blank screen. <laughs> it's not showing. I don't know why. Oh, there you go. Anyway, this is my family. This is my kids. This is, I would say, not long before we become missionary for the Lord. In the left picture, um, that's my. That's week weekend or weekdays. That's my weekday uh, lifestyle. On the left, uh, the, um, I we lived in the city, but we started developing uh, our life coming to Christ at the same time. And then the picture on the right was taken a few days before we came here to America, uh, which is two weeks ago. Anyway, so um, so that was the two boys. When we, we decided to come to the Lord, that's Abraham and Daniel. They were, um, I think, about seven or six, and Daniel was uh, four. Four, yeah, Daniel was four. Uh, where's the cursor here? I'm missing the cursor. Oh, here. Okay. And then, 2008, I decided to do something. You know what? Life's too good financially. This is wrong, right? I think the Holy Spirit is actually given to each one of us that everything's so good in flesh, God knows you'll be dying in spirit, right? I think John 6, verse, verse 3, it says, uh, whatever is born by the Spirit is spirit. Whatsoever is born by the flesh is flesh. If you're comfortable in flesh, there's a good chance you're going to be desperate in spirit and vice versa. And then we started to develop this, this Seventh-day Adventist mission life, right? 2009, I think, I decided to, okay, honey, let's um, pack up and uh, let's reduce our life. Let's uh, start, make our life compact. And uh, because I started learning our identity and then I bought myself a place outside in the Outside of the city, I started to go to the village and see villager kids uh, on the right there started coming and then play with our kids. That's We're Indonesian, by the way. We're not American. We, so going to the mission field in Indonesia is like going next door, but it's a completely different life from the life that we were accustomed to. That's our, that's our house. And then, uh, oh, by the way, that's the house that we used to live. See that bamboo house, so the second story, the one on the left is actually became my room. For the weekend. And um, that's, um, that's Abigail. She was born in 2009. This must have been 2010 somewhere. She's one. We, she was about one, was one or even less. And then I started to, to invite missionaries. You know? I started to wonder what is life with the Lord. And then I, 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 I dressed down. We started to just uh, look like uh, regular local villagers, and my wife and I, we gathered some people that are thinking alike. But mind you, this whole time I was doing this, I thought I was going to be happy because this is a new life that I found. The whole time, money was just reinvested into different forms. I don't mind living like this as long as in the weekend or in the weekdays I get to enjoy the life of the city. And then we started to grow our own food. And then we um, 
That's all our we got our field. rice field. That's what we do during the day. We started to learn different skills, you know, to grow our own food. Something, something that I wasn't accustomed to. And then um, my wife and I, we, were, we thought we were happy, happily living unhappy life. <laughs> Salvation by works. And then this is uh, the food that we were growing. And then the villagers, they were so happy every time we came. Because we were like, we bring gifts. Santa Claus is coming, you know, in Muslim country. <laughs> and we started having classes for the villagers. English, English, class. English class. And we teach them songs. We still do this once in a long while. Once in, once in a while, the, the kids are actually establishing their own programs. But <clears throat> we were happy living a simple life. But we got money in the bank. Not spending it on anything. Mm-hmm. I want to save it for the rainy days. Mm-hmm. And then the rainy day came. Mm-hmm. When Faith Camp Indonesia took place. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Faith Camp, good things happen in Faith Camp. Amen? Amen. 2011, in the month of January, I think I'll show, I've got pictures um, from... 12 years ago. There, some missionaries came to Indonesia. There's John on the right there. That was 12 <laughs> years ago. Right? And then the challenge was made. Indonesia need, needed a television station. Right? Because we had 250 million people with people living in 17,000 islands. Right? The Indonesia area is just as big as U.S., the continent. Two-thirds of water, there's 17,000 islands, 700 language. And there's so many people where we live, we don't even speak the local language. You know, you drive two hours, people speak completely different language. And then the challenge was made from the pulpit in Faith Camp 2011 in the month of January. And the date was 9th of January, I remember. <laughs> I was a Sabbath. My wife and I didn't plan to come. My mom said, hey, there's an event. There are some missionaries from America and from faraway places. They come here to our place, to our, to, to our city in Jakarta. Why don't you come? My, my mom said that to my wife and I. I didn't really understand the full implication of that meeting, you know, that weekend. Because uh, I just thought, oh, this is just going to be another meeting, you know. You know, have, this have meetings after meetings, you know. Just da, da, da. The gathering, you know. This is like a annual gathering for certain people, and uh, I just th- didn't think anything of it. And then in the month of January, the challenge was made to make the television somehow. Somehow I made a dedication to the Lord. Because, you know, I was uh, liberal, lukewarm, became the conservative, lukewarm. I decided to change my zip code. I decided to change the way I dress. My wife decided to change the way she looked. We changed our diet. We changed. We took our kids from the best international school to be homeschooled. Everything was good. We became good Seventh-day Adventists. But I, I decided to, there's still something missing. Because the f- fear was still there. Where there's a presence of fear, there's an absence of what? Faith. So you know what? We started having the television. 
I remember the television bill. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was intrigued to, to, to participate in the work simply because there was a prayer that was said. Oh, there was an invitation that was said, something like this. The only way a ministry can go forward as a success, if there's one person, how many? One, not two, not ten. At the time, there's 17 people raised their hands, you know, wanting to do the television. And then one person only, that's all it takes to make this ministry go forward. Somehow I felt, Lord, I want to be that one person. What does that one person have to do? That person must be willing to experiment with Jesus. That person must be willing to go to the fullest extent to experiment with the faith of Christ. That means the person must be willing to sacrifice everything he has for the sake of preaching the gospel. Even to the point where he has to sell his house, his cars, his properties, his everything. And when this whole thing was being actually set from the pulpit, I was like, my wife was looking at this, no, that's not for us, honey. You know, <laughs> that ain't for you. But you know what, somehow, no, no, I, I want to do this, Lord. I really want to do this. If this is what it takes to experiment the real happiness, let me be that one person. Well, you know what? When I was ready to become that one person, the rainy days started to come. <laughs> you know, the three Hebrew young men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, why were they taken to the fiery furnace? Was it because they were obedient or was it because they're becoming, they, they were disobedient? Obedient to God. The result of being obedient to the Lord, sometimes God is going to take you by the hand. He's going to drag you. No, he's gonna, not going to drag you. He's going to allow you to be taken down to the fiery furnace, right? Wow, the fiery furnace we went to. You know, signing up for television work, we didn't really realize. I thought it was, okay, God, you probably need my money. You need my help, right? Right? God needed my help, so here's no problem. I give God money. I remember the bill, it was $15,000 for the satellite bill and then $15,000 for everything else to produce. We had to house 30 missionaries. We had to start producing. We had to buy the cameras. Everything, $35,000, $35,000, $35,000. No problem. I can support this, Lord. No problem. You know what? Within a year, I started to realize I got no more money. I have no more money. But it's okay. Still got assets, houses, properties. Uh, right, Lord? Okay, but I have no money. If you have no liquid cash, all these things, your poverty has become nothing, right? They become burden to you. I remember in the month of April, I think, I was praying to the Lord, Lord, I don't have the $15,000 to pay for the month's bill. But show me. Show me what kind of God you are so I know you're serious the way I want to be serious with you. And then the satellite company started calling, hey, you know what? Uh, maybe you've forgotten to pay the bill, uh, but we send you the invoice. Yeah, I know. But are you making the payment this week? No, I don't have the money. But you know what? I told the satellite company, give me one week. I will make the payment next Wednesday, seven more days from now. Are you sure? Yeah, no problem. Okay. I didn't have the money. Following Wednesday, seven days later, right? 
I was asking my wife, you know, in the morning, I look at the bank, I got no $15,000 to pay. And then, <clears throat> and then uh, the, I, I remember the satellite company said, if you don't make the payment, by noon, 12 o'clock, the accounting office will send automatically, you know, the signal to the satellite uh, uh, switch to turn off the satellite signal, right? No payment, 12 o'clock, signal shut down. But you know, waking up in the morning that Wednesday, about seven o'clock, eight o'clock, I said to my wife, you know what, let's go to the satellite company, I wanna see them in person. This month, I cannot make the payment, maybe next month, I have some money. I called up the satellite company, I said, yeah, 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 you know what, I wanna go there to see somebody in the accounting office, the, the account manager, I wanna see them, just wait there, I'll be there just before noon. I was driving in Jakarta, right, from our place to the satellite company's office, so much traffic, about 10 o'clock in the morning. It was Blackberry before, right? Then I looked at my Blackberry, there's an email. I looked at the email, the email said something like this. Hey, Brother Ramon, you don't know me. My name is Thomas, I live in UK. My father just died, he inherited a lot of money to me. I just felt the impression I wanted to help some, a, a good cause in Asia. And then somehow I came across your work and the bank account. So last Friday, I sent you the money. I'm like, last Friday? Today is Wednesday. I woke up in the morning. There's no money in the bank. But you know what? I want to check again. Pull over. Called the bank. Hey, you know what? I'm expecting some money to come from UK that was sent last Friday. And then the bank said, you know what? It just got posted less than an hour ago. You know how much? $15,000. That is the kind of God we serve. You know, I, did, I was not a Christian who believed in God. I, did, I didn't really buy all these stories in the beginning. I was a skeptic Christian. I was a skeptic Seventh-day Adventist, even though I was living ah, like a good Seventh-day Adventist. But I was skeptical about this faith thing. But it's good to be skeptic, right? Because Jesus loves skeptics. He's going to work with them to show them what kind of God he is. Well, that's the kind of journey if you're just willing to participate with God. Right? Experiment. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is a man who trusts in him. That he shall have no fear. Oh, that's none of the verse, but I'm just adding it. Right? If you're willing to surrender everything to the Lord, the fear will vanish suddenly. 12 years down the line, you know, last month was uh, January. We celebrated, not big way, but we celebrated 12 years with the Lord. Experimenting hundreds and hundreds of months seeing God's providence. Well, I haven't even written once proposal. I, I, I don't even know how to raise funds. I'm not good at it. I don't like raising funds. We come all the way to Alaska not to raise funds. We just want to come to Alaska to raise awareness so we all know what kind of God we serve. That is the kind of God we serve and what a God He is. How is God speaking to you? Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. 
Well, I appreciate the Wasilla Seventh-day Adventist Church for hosting Faith Camp. That was just part of the presentation from the night that I got to hear Ramon and Shandi share. So if you listen to the full presentation, his wife Shandi shares her story too, along the same lines of giving up everything for the joy of the kingdom. And her story is just as powerful. You can find that on YouTube. Just search for the Wasilla Seventh-day Adventist Church. And they have a playlist for all of the presentations that were given at Faith Camp. You can also find those links in the description to this episode. And next week, we will not be sharing a story. It'll be a regular episode reflecting on scripture about how the cost matters. We're going to consider the cost of following Jesus and why there is a cost and what it means in our lives. But then the week after that, we will have one more episode with missionary stories from Faith Camp. And that third one is just as good. If you're enjoying these stories, I'd love to hear from you. So leave a comment. Let us know how it's been a blessing to you.